Welcome everyone to You Can't Handle the Genre. I'm Indigo McLeod. And I'm John Ortegon. And every month we pick a film genre to break down. And every week we pick a movie to explore under that genre umbrella. And this is the third week of our month of drama. And that's right, we are going back to the oil well. <laughs> For There Will Be Blood, Paul Thomas Anderson. We are back in here. Yes, that's right. Paul Thomas Anderson wrote and directed what some call maybe the best American film of the 21st century. Is it our opinion? You'll find out, like us. This film, of course, stars Daniel Day-Lewis, the epic, the god, <laughs> the legend, Paul Dano, Kevin J. O'Connor, Kieran Hines, and Dylan Frazier. Mm. So, John, when did you first <laughs> discover, see, experience, love, there will be blood? I loved it from the very start. Uh since my love of loving it from the very start when I saw it when it first came out, it is my, wait for it, 11th favorite movie of all fucking time. This movie is a fucking master class. And I forgot to mention that this was loosely adapted from the 1927 novel Oil by Upton Sinclair. It was only adapted from the first 150 pages, which is why it's a loose adaptation. If you mm. read that, you might be like, what's going on with this movie? Loose, <laughs> not tight. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. I first discovered this movie only a few years ago. This was during my, as I've mentioned now, this is the third <laughs> Paul Thomas Anderson episode, which is insane. But I... Saw this for the first time, I believe, f- four, three years ago. I remember this was just like one of those movies I thought, okay, I heard a lot about this. I'm very hyped. I do like Daniel Day-Lewis as an actor. Let's, let's, uh, I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready to watch it. And I saw it. Blew me away. <laughs> I was enchanted yes. <laughs> by the entire film. Dan Day-Lewis gives one of the best performances I've ever seen. In a history of all his great performances, I do think this is the towering achievement. One of the best acting performances you could find. I mean, he, of course, is known for his method acting going Far and beyond what is asked of an actor, he will stay in character on set, not in between takes. He's not going to be uh, joking around out of character, mm-hmm. not in his voice. Nope. He will always be in character on his sets because for him, which I always find interesting about some people who do, I guess, extreme method acting like this, um, where they want to stay in character because it's not like... They do this because they think, oh, this is like the best way to do it. It's it's just for them, for these particular roles, it's harder for them to hop back into character. Yeah. Like over and over again when you're like stopping filming and you're filming again. So for them, just like for them, just they just say, hey, let's just I'm just going to stay in this, stay in this gear because it's easier to stay in that place no matter how, how hard it is, which I find very interesting and. I, when I heard it through that lens, it kind of recontextualized method acting for me, and at least in that little bit, because, you know, like Tony Collette for Hereditary, she mm-hmm. said, Oh, yeah, I had no problem. I didn't take anything away from this at home. Like, I didn't like 
hurt my like not hurt my kids i didn't like go crazy at home or anything it's uh, she clearly had i'm tony collette acting in this scene cameras are off i can just be myself yeah and i don't know how <laughs> you go from that to her performance over and over again but mm-hmm. yeah i don't know i, mean, I guess I some people just can like i wouldn't know because i'm not you know an actor or anything like that but i can only imagine i mean especially with like daniel day lewis because daniel day lewis is like unlike any other character i think he's ever played <laughs> like in real life like he literally just completely transforms for like all of his roles this is my favorite role as daniel fucking plain view it always will be but like d- like listening to an interview with daniel day lewis and then like watching daniel plain view it's like fuck it's night and day yeah it's so weird like it's so strange when you first hear his voice i remember because the first thing I ever saw him in was Gangs in New York. And I like that movie. Actually, I love that movie. I know yeah. some people don't love that movie. But I think he's great. And, yeah, he does sound kind of similar um, in that movie here to here. But I do hear the vocal distinction myself. And I remember when I first heard him in an interview um, after I saw the movie, it was like, one of the first, oh my God, you're not American, uh, things that ever happened to me, which led to a long career of just shock and awe when I find out Hugh Jackman's Australian and, you know, mm-hmm. Tom Holland is fucking English. It just blows your mind <laughs> that these people are not American because they're just so good. It seems like everywhere else. And yeah. yeah, he just is such a different person. And, Hearing him talk in interviews, he he's not even like in love with acting. It is almost like a job for him. Like he's retired like three times, mm. and this is we're currently still in his supposed permanent retirement. I hope that is not the case. Uh, do not deprive us of greatness much longer, DDL. But yeah, I think he is almost unmatched in his quality and especially since he's so picky, especially in the last what 30 years of his career, he's done so few films. Mm -hmm. I think him and someone like say Meryl Streep, you could say is almost a contemporary um, in a way, but she has done so much more. And so she's bound to give performances. Maybe that aren't always amazing. I I wouldn't say bad. That can't compare. Yeah, well, I would even say, like, in bad movies, which Dan Lewis really isn't in because he's so choosy. I mean, he spends, like, a year plus on a roll. He'll go to a cabin for Lincoln, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> learn to make dresses, uh, become an actual tailor for uh, Phantom Thread. Mm-hmm. And I think Meryl Streep has had so much in her career. But if I had to compare pound-for-pound pound actor, and, I mean, I do. it's hard because Meryl Streep can do comedy. She can be serious. She can be a witch. <laughs> she can be Margaret Thatcher, <laughs> who maybe is a witch. I mean, it's crazy. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. What I about mean, you? I don't know. The bowling alley ending scene was pretty funny. I think that's comedy. <laughs> right yeah, there. Yeah, there's a lot of funniness in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, he finds a way. To, you know, Dan- Daniel Plainview, the character, definitely finds some time to be funny. Yeah, this for... An aspiring actor like myself. This <laughs> this is up there with like Heath Ledger in the Joker. 
levels of performance. I, I think that's still Heath Ledger's still my favorite performance, and maybe because he's helped with by makeup, I can't you can't really like you know see his face. Mm-hmm. But I think that's I think you can have like some of the best performances of all time, like uh, Robert De Niro in Raging Bull, Al Pacino in The Godfather, Godfather Part Two, Marlon Brando in The Godfather, Paul um, Gass to be honest with The Godfather, uh, Dan Lewis here, and in many other films. But I think with like the Heath Ledger, I think he is. It's not even like a person; it's almost like an entity. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's he's. And especially because of his death, but even if he was still alive, I mean, there's nothing, I've never seen anything like it. Not even the best acting that just makes you cry or fear or happy. It just, there's nothing like it. I, I feel like he's not acting anymore. He he, he is that character. <laughs> and I I would say that about Danny DeLewis here, but it's just, it's just different. But yeah, it's... Would mm. this be in your top 10 or 5 performances of all time for you, John? Yes. Yeah, no, most definitely. It's 100% my favorite Daniel Day-Lewis performance. Um, in terms of my, like, favorite actual performances, it is, it's it's got to be within my top 10. Maybe even top 5, to be completely honest, because he's just so fu- – he's so good in this movie. I, I can't – I just – I, every time I watch it, I cannot wrap my head around how good Daniel Day-Lewis is in this movie as Daniel Plainview because it's just – it's truly it's truly amazing. Like every single scene is just amazing. This film, There Will Be Blood, directed, written by Paul Thomas Anderson, I think helps that a lot. I mean oh, yeah. from what I heard and read, I should say – the script definitely was a huge help for Dan Day Lewis. Like he did do his normal research and whatever. Like he did read um, the novel Oil, but he really did have a lot just on the page. He said so he didn't really need to do as much work yeah. because the writing was so good. And Paul Thomas Anderson, being one of the best filmmakers maybe ever of all time, <laughs> I, mean, I think they are just a perfect match for each other and. We kind of briefly talked about this in our other two Paul Thomas Anderson uh, podcasts, but if this, I mean, this is like the turning point in PTA's career. I mean, this is, I mean, you go from like 97, or sorry, 96 is his uh, debut film, Heart Eight. Then you got 97 Boogie Nights. Then you got 99 Magnolia. You got 2002 Punch Drunk Love. And then you got this five mm-hmm. years later, the biggest gap of his life. Um, and well, up to that point, um, because after this, it was um, another five years for the master. Master, which is pretty funny. Yeah. He's like just five year movie, <laughs> five year movie. Yeah, well, but when you have two masterpieces like that, like they're just so, and it's so different. Like there will be blood. Is you know when you say it's the turning point of PTA's careers because it is so different. Like you go from Punch Drunk Love in two thousand two. And like, you know, Boogie Nights, Magnolia, they all have, you know, a vibe. This goes completely off the wall, way to another realm of vibe. And I think like, you know, a lot of people uh, like reviews were saying that 
PTA, you know, tried too hard to make a masterpiece and it's not, you know, like his stuff. Like he, he went outside of his comfort zone and like it didn't work because of how much he was trying to make it a masterpiece or whatever, which I think is unfair. I think that, you know, he did go out of his comfort zone. He went out of his realm to make a movie that he wanted to be new. And to him, it was new. And he, to me, he nailed it. To me, he literally hit the fucking nail with the hammer dead on 100% accuracy all the way that the fucking nail went through the goddamn coffin it, like, it, it was it was perfect it was perfect be perfect yeah i mean it's pretty incredible film i mean it's um what two how long is it two and a half two, yeah, yeah two and a half hours 238 238 ah, jinx and for me, I don't ever feel any of the length. And I mean, I guess you could say because the editing is so tight and the score by Giant Greenwood of Radiohead fame is, it's just so incredible. It's almost like a horror score. Mm-hmm. I mean, like when we first, like the first thing we see in the film are these mountains. And then we just hear this string music coming yeah. up as it because uh, it's like a fade in to the mountains and then eventually I think we hear the sound of a pickaxe and then we see in darkness Daniel Plainview just picking away in a silver mine and I mean what a way to start the movie too I mean you don't have dialogue for mm. 14 and a half minutes yeah that's crazy. I mean, there's some movies that maybe, okay, there's no talking in the first few minutes, but 14 and a half minutes, mm-hmm. I mean, you definitely need to have a grasp of filmmaking so you can keep an audience invested in what's yeah. going on. And that score by Johnny Greenwood does, like, 100%. It keeps you there. And, you know, because it establishes the setting, like, the mountain shot that establishes, like, where we're at, like, what we're dealing with. And then the... The, you know, pickaxe in the silver mine is like showing, okay, this is what Daniel Plainview is doing. We don't even know his name is Daniel Plainview yet. (laughs) We don't know anything. We just know this guy is like, you know, working in a mine. Like this guy is working in this, in this, uh, well. And yeah, it's just, it's perfect. I, I would actually like sense now the last time I saw There Will Be Blood was before Hereditary came out, but now that I've seen Hereditary and I watched There Will Be Blood again for the podcast, like, it's insane actually how similar these scores are in a way. Yeah, I can, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Um, I think in some ways I, I would agree. Like, mm-hmm. they both have that, like, ethereal in certain songs. Um, but in other ways, I feel like this is more close to a uh, kind of like like a slow adventure or slow like exploration of a place movie which i guess in a way you could say this kind of is um but i definitely do know what you mean Mm -hmm. um because i also love how in the mine i mean like he wants to be. Daniel is all alone. Uh, just We just see him. He's picking, and then it's like nighttime. He's just sitting there, <laughs> huddled by himself. And then he's in the cave, and 
like you said, though, like we see how like the starkness of the landscape. There's nothing out there. There's no one around him. And then eventually he breaks his leg because he falls down the shaft, breaks his leg, and that's mm. just an insane shot <laughs> of him falling towards the camera and then waking up eventually, just his breathing. <gasps> yeah, like lost all his air. With another thing, it's just, it's so realistic. Like yeah. it's so realistic. The whole movie. And then the fact, which, question for you, like, I think the fact that he, because this is, you know, this is, uh, I think it opens in 1896, um, or 97 or 8, this is, the only way you can survive after this is to, like he does, crawl to civilization because he broke one of his legs. There's no one out there. There's no cars, no horse around him. He is alone. If he doesn't do anything, he's going to die. And then he pulls himself out of there. And then I think it's so interesting that we don't see him go to where he ends up. Because he he puts, uh, which is very interesting too, he puts in the piece of silver that he finds Mm -hmm. um, in his jacket. (laughs) It's almost like that's a super important thing for him, even though his leg's broken and he might die anyway. Uh, And then he just crawls and then like it shows landscape, I believe again, cuts in these where he is. He's, he found his way back. And do you, what do you think of that? Do you wish you saw the cut? Or do you wish you saw more of the journey? The journey? Or do you like that he kind of, we just have to like understand and just imagine how gruesome and arduous it was to get there? Or mm. what, like, what do, you, what do you think of that? No, I, 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 I don't think I need to see the journey. Like, I like the way that, that PTA kind of handled it. Like, the, you see it because it is kind of, you know, like the, I mean, he's doing it. Because that's like his career, you know, he's trying to make, you know, the money. Like he puts that shit in his pocket because it's like this is worth money. Like this is this is this is money in my hand. I just broke my leg for something. <laughs> like it can't be for nothing. And then it kind of doesn't I personally I don't have to see his journey because I like the way that they go and I believe it's nineteen oh two is the next the next year that they show him in. Yeah. Yeah. 1902. And he's kind of already started to like make a name for himself and getting on more jobs. Yeah. I, I would say I also think that because you can almost make an entire film out of him just going back to civilization. <laughs> uh, one of those like, ah, uh, I'm hurt in the woods. And I like, I guess the revenant. <laughs> you can do a revenant um, just in the desert. But hmm. yeah. It's so interesting that we get this set up this man who can do everything himself and he gets hurt and then it cuts. And so we're almost rooting for him because like the fortitude it must take to drag yourself from miles and miles away in the Mm. desert, in the sun with your fucking broken ass leg (laughs) to get back to civilization. I mean... It yeah. it makes sense for his character. Like this is the most driven guy you'll yes. meet. Like, he does. He will not give up. He yes. wants what he wants, and he will not stop at anything. He doesn't mm. even care if he uh, risks his life. <laughs> He'll yeah. make it. No, no, he's he's a beast. Daniel Plainview is a beast, and like it's you know the film's about the rise. 
and I mean, I guess you can call it a fall of Daniel Plainview, even though it's, he's kind of still on the rise, even at the end, but like the rise and fall of Daniel Plainview. So like you, I think that like, if you showed the journey, like, you know, it would just take a little bit more time out of the fact that like, you know, we're trying to see Daniel Plainview's, you know, story. I, yeah, I would almost argue he is always, yeah, he is never down because he gets <laughs> yeah. what he wants. He gets that solitude lifestyle because he is a strange man. <laughs> uh, and I mean, cause this movie, which, like I said, the beginning, which some do consider the best American film of the 21st century. I mean, it makes sense. But for one, obviously it's just such a well crafted film and well acted film through and through. But, I mean, it touches on themes like capitalism and uh, greed and religion and family. Mm. Um, And, I mean, it's just an epic tale of the start of when I think you could argue that capitalism came into prominence in America, was coming into prominence, and religion was kind of taking a back seat. And I think that's why having... Um, Paul Dano, who plays Eli and Paul Sunday, mm-hmm. um, having Eli Sunday as, as his antagonist is perfect. I mean, cause he's a pastor of this small congregation, this small town in California, little Boston. And we see how close they truly are. Cause yeah, you would say, Oh, well, they're not close. Cause you know, Paul Dano or Eli is this man of God and Daniel's as self-centered and um or self-oriented and uh involved as it can be but he they both have control especially at that point when he eventually comes there uh like to little boston they both have control over their own worlds yeah and so of course they would clash they're like type a personality yeah. they have except- motive and they both have it like uh, to, as much as eli you know claims you know that he is you know a church like it's 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 always there for both of them like i feel like they have the same personalities almost they're both driven they're both like you know self-centered you know i wouldn't you know obviously more so daniel Plainview because honestly i don't think i've i don't think in film i've ever seen somebody as fucking self-centered and selfish and competitive as Daniel Plainview. Maybe Charles Foster Kane, who <laughs> I definitely was getting since I just rewatched this and Kane not too long ago, definitely felt a lot of similarities between that character and Daniel Plainview. I mean, they're these two men who maybe try connection or maybe it doesn't work. I mean, obviously we know more about the background of Charles Foster Kane than we do uh, Daniel Plainview. But at the end, I mean, they both end up in these giant mansions alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's almost like kind of what they want. They just want more and more and more. And it's like, how much money do you really need? I mean, I remember thinking how crazy it was when in one of Daniel Plainview's speeches, he says that he has uh, about three wells. And one of them, the latest one, I think, uh, pumps out enough oil to give him five thousand dollars a week. Week, yeah. And I was like, wait. Even in today, if I was making five thousand dollars <laughs> a week, that'd be crazy. Yeah. And I did the math, and he's making over two hundred thousand dollars in that time period in nineteen eleven. I believe at that point yeah. is when we are in Little Boston. I'm mean, that's fucking crazy. Yeah, but the grind I mean, you, never stops. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I the need grind more. never stops. 
Yeah, Ladies like, and I gentlemen, if I if I say I'm an oil man, I'd, I'd say you'd agree. And that's not. Oh my gosh, she has so many great monologues. I mean, the first. I mean, that's so interesting too because of all the stuff that happens. The first thing we hear, fourteen and a half minutes in the movie, is that first monologue that he delivers to those people in that mm-hmm. town. Ladies and gentlemen, if I say I'm an oil man, you will agree. Now, you have a great chance here. But bear in mind, you can lose it all if you're not careful. Out of all men that beg for a chance to drill your lodge, maybe one in 20 will be oil men. The rest will be speculators. That's men trying to get between you and the oil men to get some of the money that ought by rights come to you. And so much happens before that. Like, you know, because he, before that, he already has HW. So what happens is, I mean, I guess we could kind of, Go over it. <laughs> well, there's a lot. There's a lot to get to as well. Maybe like a little quick thing because the guy dies. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, well, but even before that, or is that H W? No, no, the guy is H W's dad. No, see, I, I was that was just me speaking weird out loud. Um, I was gonna say I forgot two guys die in mines, but one's later. But yes, yes, the, the eventually- first one gets nailed by a um, basically the hoist. That was like hoisting up the oil. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not. I am not an oil man, ladies and gentlemen. So I don't know how I'm this not works. An oil man. But something things, falls. And something kills him, man. falls and just murders this man. And <laughs> he, he dies so fast. He dies like, all that very stuff quickly. Is very quickly. And I like. I love that shot because you know Daniel's like putting his arm up to you know block any debris, and he's covered in oil, and all you see is. His eye as he like turns towards like the camera, uh, like peering through his elbow. It's very weird and very cool. And then the next shot you see is him outside. And it's so funny because you don't know if he's covered in blood or if he's covered in oil. Can they both, you don't know where the blood starts and the oil, and the oil, begin, yeah. <laughs> the oil begins. Yeah. It's, it's a great shot because even earlier, when he finds oil, like they take out that little pump thing. And he he um, Daniel puts his hand on it, and it's almost like I was like, "Hey, it's like the blood of Christ!" Like, look at this, I found the blood of Christ because it is. I mean, oil beneath the land. I mean, the yeah. allegories are everywhere. Yeah, and they also that's kind of the first that scene too. Like that's like kind of the first look you get at the process of actually striking oil, which is awesome in its own. Like you know, because it's very real i mean i wouldn't i don't know if it's you know extremely realistic the process itself but like watching it is very surreal um because it's like you know you see all this oil and you're just like that's a lot of fucking money just sitting there (laughs) that is a lot of money just sitting there with a dead man in it just Uh chilling do you think because yeah so he sees the baby and then it's hw and he decides to take it with him so do you think is it true, like he claims at the end, was this from the beginning the only reason that he took HW was to use him for his, quote, family man vibe? Or do you think he genuinely did love him? And Well, okay, his, I think at yeah. first it started like that. I feel like at first 
it did start with that idea where he was just going to use HW for that. But I mean, obviously, he did start to love him. It's extremely obvious. Like, nobody could convince me in this movie that at one point, like, nobody could convince me that Daniel Plainview didn't love HW at one point, at least. You know, like, there was love there. At some point within the story, there was love. But do I believe that he was using him in the beginning to, you know, to have that family man vibe? Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, absolutely. It wasn't his kid. He's, you know, he, he seemed very, you know, kind of hesitant to be around the child. Like, yeah. And Daniel Plainview's smart. He abused that opportunity. When do you think he stopped loving him? That's hard to say. I, that's very hard to say. I mean, it's kind of fucked up in thinking about it, but like when he loses his hearing, when I feel like when the shit actually hits the fan, it starts to become something that like, you know, he doesn't have time for. And he doesn't have time for HW when HW needs it most. And I think that's what kind of hurts Daniel Plainview the most too, is that he knows. Yeah, I would agree completely that that is also when. I that's why I think when he becomes a burden, yeah, because uh, obviously yeah. It's, it, for him it's you know he has to he would have to learn like sign language or something, um, and he's too busy with what's going on here, especially like this is just poor timing, mm-hmm. and he can't really deal with this. I mean, obviously, like you said, there had to be some love because I love the scene when he decides to send HW away. And I never even noticed. I mean, this is only the second time I saw it. Um, but I noticed that a tear, uh, cause his head is like turned away from the camera, but you see like his profile and then like you see a tear pop down before he turns back and says, Hey, I'm going to check, uh, I'm going to talk to the conductor. And it is, <laughs> it sucks. It it's sucks. heartbreaking. No, it really is. Gets off the train real quick and then. <laughs> Um. Uh. What's his name? Fletcher. Um, yeah, Fletcher just on the train as well and holds him back. Like, no, mm-hmm. no, Dad. What a good Dad. shot, too. Oh my God. This. I mean, the movie is fucking just filled to the brim with amazing shots. Like Robert Elswit, who did like pretty much all of PTA's films, is just truly a visionary. But that shot that you're talking about right now with the train and you just see. Fletcher and HW as the train's going on as Daniel's walking in the same shot. It's just, Oh my God. Yeah, it is beautiful. Oh my God. And yeah, I, but I think that's, and then eventually, you know, he comes back, but I think it's, I think it's more of a performance because I really noticed. And I mean, I think as, we explore films more and more um you all i think you start to question why certain things happen and what they could possibly mean and then maybe it reminds you of another film and then you kind of put two and two together if they're similar in certain ways and there's a choice of when hw returns and you think okay the one person daniel kind of loved uh, before his brother <laughs> kind of <laughs> which we'll talk about uh, eventually <laughs> but like the one person he loved that encounter of him coming back into his life is filmed not in the close-up 
not in a medium shot, in a wide, wide shot with a long lens. It is so distant and it feels so strange that that is their coming together, their um, reunion. And then I realized, wait a second, that's because this is supposed to be more for uh, performance, for show, you know, mm-hmm. because it's in front of the guys like, oh, my son, come here, come here. But you send them away, you know, and if yeah. it wasn't for, um, you know, what the guy who he needed his land for the pipeline and all that. And Bandy, like, yeah. Yeah, Bandy. This, he probably wouldn't have seen him for a long time if ever again. I mean, yeah. he, he yeah. didn't have any immediate plans to get him back. So I think that's why. And I think HW is mad at him because – he just sent him away. Yeah, well, he abandoned I mean, yeah. him. He, he abandoned yeah. his child, which we will yeah. also get to later. That amazing, amazing scene. But yeah, it, it also adds to the fact that like when the shit hit the fan and, and HW lost his hearing, like that's a turning point for everything. That is a turning point for literally everything. Because no matter how many wells he was making money on, no matter how many you know wells he was making five thousand a week on, this was like the mother load. There was an ocean of oil under their feet. And this is when you know that, you know, because the gas hits and boom, like, you know, gas and then oil, fucking just oil, just so much oil is just flying up. And that's why fucking Daniel Plainview, he has this amazing, amazing line where Fletcher is just he's looking all down like, oh, man, fuck, dude, everything's everything's fucking falling apart. And all Daniel Plainview even says at all is what are you looking so miserable about there's a whole ocean of oil under our feet no one can get at it except for me he only sees dollar signs <laughs> like, like that is that is like all this man sees and it just added on to the fact that like like you said with hw being a burden like that it just adds on to is like when well i just hit this like i just hit the mother load of oil right now like, this is going to be very profitable for me and i can't have this happening and i think that's like the heartbreaking turn yeah and since we're on that scene i mean that is an incredible incredible sequence i mean i mm-hmm. guess you could say that's like a that, i mean that because there's a lot of long takes and shots are held for very long in this movie and that because when when the um oil derrick starts to explode i mean that is when like an hw is uh blown back i mean that's like a lot of quick cuts which like don't exist in this movie mm. um at all so that was very like whoa <laughs> what's going on here and then the score at the same time is amazing because you know he flies away and then obviously all this um uh, gas is like coming out and then yeah like you said oil, oil comes yeah. And, and then fire comes. Yeah. <laughs> Naturally. Gas, oil, fire, it happens. I love and then I love the tracking shot of Daniel taking HW in his arms mm-hmm. and running away from what's happening. And then he puts him down and then that's what he realizes like he can't hear him. Mm-hmm. And then he, he goes back. All the to, while the score is going too, like Johnny Greenwood's score is like fucking thumping right now as as this whole scene is going on. Yeah, it, it never stops. Never <laughs> stops. He goes back and he just has this guy like hold HW down. And yeah, in the darkness, the fire looks amazing. And like you said, the line that he has. And Fletcher goes, 
uh, and checks on HW again. But Daniel just stays there. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was very interesting that Daniel's just in the dark, covered in oil. Once again, <laughs> the only thing you see basically are his eyes. Mm-hmm. And like it's illuminated by the flames of the oil Derek on fire. And like all he can see, like you mm-hmm. said, all you can see is dollar signs. Yeah. He doesn't go back to check on his pseudo son, his adopted son, basically, and see if he's okay. And he still stays there because the next shot is the morning. And it's a great shot where Daniel is in the middle. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, what a fucking amazing shot. Frame <laughs> as it like pulls out and it, it's still on fire. It's daylight. And then you see like these two groups of guys like putting dynamite and blowing up the shaft and like closing it. So the fire stops. And then mm-hmm. it's a, sh- you see his face and it's a shot of him covered in oil with the, um, Smoke it out of pipe. Yes, <laughs> with a pipe in his mouth, and yeah, then he goes to check on his. Yeah, and son. then he goes. Yeah, then he goes back, and that whole scene, you know, it's so incredible to watch. It like honestly, it's like an achievement in film. I'd probably honestly say because it, it's just it's amazing. It's like one of the best sequences I've ever seen in in a movie. Because it's just I'm like it's like how did you pull that off? Like how did you really honestly pull that off? And um. You know, doing more research, you know, into it, like it was shot in Marfa, Texas, and the neighboring set that was shooting in Mar in Marfa, Texas, in two thousand and six when it was filming was No Country for Old Men, and when they did that fire shot, the the when the oil derrick, you know, catches on fire, you know, they had to you know test that, I think, and um, they. <laughs> It was actually such a big thing that they actually had to shut down No Country for Old Men for two days. Like that whole set, they shut down for two days because of that filming thing. Yeah, all the smoke mm-hmm. was interrupting this shot. Um, so they had the cancer shooting for the day, and that's it's crazy because <laughs> they they were both filming in the same small town in Texas at the same time. Yeah, and you know. They're they both got phenomenal the, movies. But they got the last laugh, No Country, because they were the ones who ended up winning all the Oscars that year. Because, I mean, that was uh, like 2007. And we can, I guess, maybe briefly touch on this. I mean, 2007 is maybe considered like one of the best years in film, too, mm. especially for three films being No Country for Old Men, There Will Be Blood. And Zodiac. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, what is your ranking be blood. of those three movies? There, was, there, the there will be blood, number one, number two, No Country for Old Men, and number three, Zodiac. Mm. I think I'm still No Country 1, this, There Will Be Blood 2, and then Zodiac 3 myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, it's, it's completely understandable. I fucking love... No Country for Old Men, but, and, you know, Anton Sugar, perfect, but Daniel Plainview, There Will Be Blood, it's gotta be, it's, it's just, it just is, it's my favorite fucking, it's, oh, they were, they are the two films, No Country, it's, it's crazy too that Zodiac got zero, (laughs) zero nominations, doesn't make 
any sense. And I don't even love it as much as everyone else. I think it's a very good movie. It's a great movie. Um, but this, it's crazy that it wasn't there. I don't actually understand that whatsoever. But No Country and There Will Be Blood both were tied for eight nominations. And No Country won mostly all of them. So best picture that year. There was There Will Be Blood, No Country. It was Michael Clayton. It was Juno, Atonement. No Country took it out, beat There Will Be Blood. And Best Director also beat it out. No Country won for Best Director. But, of course, Daniel Day-Lewis did win yeah. Best well, Actor he had that to. year. Yeah, he he had had I mean, that was that was... That exceeded far beyond anything that happened in No Country for Old Men when it came to performances. Yeah. And for adapted screenplay, once again, No Country took it away from them. It was just a fucking bloodbath. And the score wasn't nominated for There Will Be Blood because it was ineligible because Johnny Greenwood had used a song from a previous movie mm-hmm. I think it was called Body Work or Body Song or something, and also a score from a different composer in it. So just one, but, you know, ineligible because yeah. it wasn't completely his work, which sucks because the score for this film is amazing. Truly amazing. Truly but amazing. But where they did beat No Country, and our boy Roger Deakins did sadly leave uh, lose that year, of course. But they did win cinematography. That was a great win. I was mm-hmm. so happy. And they were also nominated for Art Direction. There Will Be Blood. They lost that. Uh, they lost editing to the Porn Ultimatum, which was surprising. That and No Country lost to that, which I was like, oh, shit. Makes no sense at all. But, I mean, you know. this movie's edited so well so is no country and i mean probably born ultimate in this too but i'm like uh, i don't know you had you had pta every editing night every night that you know him and his boys would edit uh he would have a steak and he would have straight vodka to stay in the mentality of daniel plainview (laughs) and you know we haven't discussed much about paul dano but Paul Dano in this movie as well is so good. I when I for I told you this already but when, I felt so stupid. When I first saw this movie, I guess I missed it cuz I I caught it the last time I watched it um for the show twice. It was mentioned. I guess I just wasn't paying attention or I don't know. And I thought that Paul Sunday was always Eli Sunday. <laughs> so I was so confused. I thought this was one of those things where he was just playing a part when that he didn't know them when they got to the actual ranch. And that's why uh, when Eli Sunday first meet them, there's this weird pause. And then he says, I'm Eli Sunday. And I thought, oh, this is like one of those things where uh, Batman like in the Dark Knight or Dark Knight Rises, I guess, or Batman Begins, when a B- Batman is doing that I'm Batman voice, even though he, the only person around is Alfred, which doesn't make sense because he already knows he's Batman. So it's like, why are you doing this? Why are you keeping up the ruse? I thought he was doing the exact same thing. I did not realize that they, because twins never really, I was heard. So I was confused and I assumed. <laughs> That they were the same person. And you never see Paul Sunday again. So mm-hmm. I just thought, okay, Paul's Eli Sunday. And then I was confused by certain things. But then I thought, oh, this is part of a game he's playing this whole time. And then at the end, uh, it says your brother Paul uh, actually 
is making all his money doing this stuff. And then I realized, wait a second. Wait a second. These are two different characters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was happy going to this time. I figured out, I'm like, okay, there it is. That's Paul. There's that. Yeah. And this is Eli. <laughs> and yeah. Eli, or Paul Dana wasn't even supposed to, he was only supposed to be Paul yeah. originally before the actor who was originally Eli didn't work out. And instead of the year plus <laughs> that Daniel Lewis had to prepare, he had four days. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, and he, and Paul Dana was only going to be Paul, who d- has like, a minute of screen time and that's it which can you imagine this I, honestly dude honestly like i might not like it as much if if paul dano didn't have this the role as eli because his fucking scenes are incredible in this movie i do think well i do love him i do think other actors could also have done a good job so for me this is one of those like i can't see any other actor doing this role mm. i could but I'm happy that. Paul Do you think they could play it. it as crazy as him, though? Like I, I do. Ah, th- oh, God, I just don't know. I mean, because a lot of times he's not, and then a few times he is, and when he is crazy, when he's doing that first <laughs> sermon, the first sermon, yeah. The rest practice of petition, and as long as I have teeth, I will bite you, and if I have no teeth. I will come you, and as long as I have fish, I will pass you now. Get out of your What I what I do like about it when when Daniel does go to the Sunday ranch, um, you know, he he kind of just starts it off. Like very, he's he's such a true salesman, Daniel Plainview. Like he, he goes up, he shows up, and he does in what what we in the business like to call investigative questions. Oh, <laughs> and like uh, like well, because before you know when I was selling fucking when I was selling labor law postings, even before like when I was selling labor law posters, these investigative questions like they're always a thing. And investigative questions are just like he he gets there to Sunday Ranch and he starts asking. Just different questions like, hey, do you have bread? Even though he, the motherfucker knows they don't have bread. He knows. And he's going to add that. He's going to keep that in his head. He's like, do you have bread? Do you have this? And he knows it. He knows the answer. And he just wants to hear everything play out. And then he has the speech in Little Boston after that, after he, uh, after they make the deal of him buying um, so the Sunday Ranch, all the land. He goes to Little Boston and he has that speech, and he incorporates all of that in his speech to sell Little Boston on his oil job. Like it's literally it's salesman like one hundred and one. The dude is like a true master of it. Yeah, and the fact that he comes in with a lie, yeah, um, that he's hunting for quail, yeah, <laughs> is amazing. It's hilarious, yeah, and it's just <laughs> to get those investigative questions out, like legitimately. And I'm not even oh. fucking with you. This is real. This is a real thing. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> yeah, because he just says, "Yeah, I'm just, we're just gonna camp over there. Oh, we don't need any help. We, we're fine. We're we're just good people." Yeah, it's a great ruse. And before we, because it was only in that scene, um. Uh, with Paul Sunday, it's oh my god! I realize how amazingly framed this shot is because when we first meet Paul, 
and he's coming into Daniel's office. First, we just see Paul from the side, his profile. And he's like, are you Daniel Plainview? Yeah. Who's who's wondering? <laughs> and then I, lo- I love in movies when people don't answer people's questions or shows. <laughs> and they just walk away or continue the conversation. It's like, did I, a- I asked you a question. I expect a fucking answer. What the fuck are you? What are you talking about? What are you? Why aren't you answering my questions? But uh, Paul goes into the room, and then in the doorway, um, he's a silhouette. We just see his back, and then we see Daniel on the left side of the screen as he's talking to him. And then Paul comes into the room, and then we see that Fletcher is also in the room yes. in a chair, and it's that's a cool frame shot. Uh, and then eventually the camera spins and then we just have this cool profile again on Paul. And then it's revealed that HW is also <laughs> behind him, sleeping behind Paul. And he wakes up and then they say their hellos. And then you get a shot of everybody. And it's just another instance of the glory, <laughs> which is this film and how intrinsically uh, Paul Thomas Anderson understands film. Film, literally, like he just he does. He he just does. It's there's so many moments in this movie. I just I get chills. I get chills thinking about so many moments in this movie. Like because the first time I saw it, I never even you know anticipated me to like it this much. But you know, upon just watching it so many other times, because I've seen this movie, I've seen this movie like quite a bit at this point. Like. Probably six times, six or seven times. And like it was on like my third watch that I second watch that I really just dove into this movie and I just couldn't get out. And I'm now forever locked in. I'm just <laughs> locked in. Paul Thomas Anderson fucking shoved me in there, closed the door and locked it. And I am in like I am 100 percent in. I'm also in, just like Daniel got into that family, because once HW is playing around and he finds some oil, he realizes, yep, there, there we go. Here we got some oil. Mm-hmm. And, and another great use of the camera and editing and framing when they go, uh, HW and um, Daniel, they go into the Sunday ranch house for dinner. And it's a wide shot, and you see that, uh, well, they want to talk about business, so, you know, women got to go, of course. <laughs> and uh, when Daniel's talking to the father, it's a wide shot. You see the those guys, and you see Eli, and you see HW, and he's talking to him about business and about possibly buying the farm and the land, actually, and... Eventually, Eli says something, and then, of course, Daniel looks at him and says something in response, and mm. he looks back at the father, but then Eli says something again, and then it's so cool, because at the same time that Daniel, uh, that the camera goes onto close-ups of Daniel and on Eli, Daniel himself figures out, okay, the person in charge in this family is him. He's the guy I got to talk to. And it's such a cool moment when you see, because it, it's, it goes quiet for a second. Mm-hmm. I think Daniel or Eli asked Daniel a question and then it's just silence as he looks at them. And then he says, yep, 
Yeah, this. Because he's going to offer him. And that's the thing, too. He's so fucked up that he says, the uh, that Daniel says to HW earlier, they're just going to offer them quail prices for their fucking land, mm-hmm. even though he knows he's there for oil. He's such a fucking scummy piece of shit. Mm-hmm. You're, gonna, you're not even going to give these people a fair, no matter how evil also Eli is, you're not going to yeah. give I mean, these well, and people- And the father. Uh, father? What do you mean, like? They're pretty. I mean, they're they're both pretty evil. I don't. How's the dad evil? The daughter, Mary, who H.W. marries, her dad is that dad, right? Oh, okay. For beating the girl, right? Right. Yeah, Sorry, he I, beats the shit I out of her for not that. praying. <laughs> he beat- I've kind of forgot that happened. <laughs> I, I, okay, that's true. That's true. He did. It's an evil family altogether. I mean, the Sundays are fucked. The only <laughs> good one is Paul that we know of, and he probably isn't even good. Or the chocolate one from McDonald's. It's pretty great. Before 11 p.m., of course, before they shut it down. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, well, that's you know, crazy. the oil was made out of the McDonald's chocolate. <laughs> so oh, that's a great segue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so crazy. Yeah, it actually, yeah, that is insane that the all the oil in it was literally made out of the fucking milkshake chocolate <laughs> from McDonald's. Yeah, it's pretty funny because <laughs> I always wonder, like, when actors are covered in shit, like, what, what do, what are you covered in? What are you, what are you surround? What are you swallowing? Mm-hmm. Is this real stuff or what is this? No. Um, but yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, that would be good. It would taste. It would probably taste good. <laughs> like, because it's. I mean, you know. Okay, I imagine it's not actual milkshake, but like the ingredient, like kind of the stuff they put in milkshakes. Yeah, it's the liquid that they use in the milkshakes. Yeah. Yeah. But I love, uh, but yeah, Daniel offers them all this money. Well, he offers them some money, and then Eli's like, nah, it's going to be a little bit more than this. Okay. And then he's like, find someone else who's going to come down here and drill in this land, middle of nowhere, something, something. Oh, yeah, I didn't think so. But I'm offering you yeah. the most competitive of, of drilling yeah. prices, and you will know that. <laughs> And then Eli, this is when he first tries to, well, this is a time when he tries to also take control of the situation because he grabs HW and Daniel's hands to pray. And Daniel's like, okay. And he takes away his hands. <laughs> yeah, I love the constant combativeness between them. Like, it's it's an amazing battle between them throughout the entire movie. And the it's so palpable, the anger and the tension between them throughout the entire movie. And it obviously fucking boils up to the very end, but like watching every scene with them, it's just so charged every single scene with them. Yeah. I mean, cause I think Daniel comes into this situation thinking like probably everything up to this point, it's going to be a breeze. And then he realized that Eli is a cunning contact uh, antagonist, just like himself. But another part where I love um, when Eli is trying to um, assert himself is when he says he wants to be mentioned at the opening of the oh, oil I love barracks. this. Yes, I fucking love this. I understand you've asked the people to gather around and watch the well begin tomorrow. Is that right? That's right. I will bless the well. Before you begin, you should introduce me. You'll see me walk up towards the oil well. And when I'm Derek, you'll see me walk up. And then you could say my name. When you walk up. Yes, you'll see me walk up, and then you could say 
the proud son of these hills who tended his father's flock. And then you could say my name. That's fine. Daniel nods, nods. But he doesn't abide. He does. He takes the credit. He does it himself. And then he thanks the daughter. Because mm. fuck you, man. Yeah, and yeah. I love how Eli just, he doesn't even seem phased. He just takes it, stands there a little bit longer than everyone else, and then walks away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Daniel's an ultimate savage. Like, like he even uses the quote. And then he just grabs Mary, Eli's sister, and is just like, Mary, here are the daughter of these mountains. <laughs> just straight murdering Eli right there. It's talking about murdering Eli. Later when Daniel sla- slaps the shit out of Eli. Mm-hmm. when And that's another great frame shot because Eli just starts coming down. Uh, cause they've already started taking some oil out of the ground and I don't know the other guy's name, but it's, um, Daniel and Fletcher and another guy, <laughs> Eli's just like walking down with his <laughs> hands all crossed. And then as he's coming towards them, they, you see like a wide shot of, you see a full like wide shot of them. You can see their feet and everything. Mm. And then I think it's like a hip shot of like Eli walking towards them. And then when he gets there, it's almost like that. I think it's like caught a cowboy shot because it's like from the waist. Mm. But then we are looking at Daniel and you see <laughs> Fletcher and the other guy kind of forming this cool triangle. Uh, <laughs> and then. Uh, Eli's talking to him, and then Daniel just fucking slaps him across the face. Mid sentence, like mid sentence. Yeah, because like Daniel, <laughs> Daniel, you owe me five. Th- <laughs> yeah, because he promised five thousand dollars for the church. Mm. <laughs> he just hasn't given it to him yet. The, the church yeah. of the new revelation. The church of the new revelation. <laughs> yeah, just or the third revelation. Third revelation. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> And yeah, he just slaps him just constantly. It's so funny. And then he buries him. He just like buries mm-hmm. him almost in mm-hmm. the mud. Yeah. Which is also, that is also an awesome, like before that shot where he's walking. Because you get, because that's like a, kind of honestly the very first look you get how much oil they're actually bringing in from that, from, from that area. Because it's just like a fucking pool of oil. And it's coming out of that one pipe. And like he's just like walking right on the side and that's like the foot one that that you're talking about because it lines it itself up perfectly with the oil pool as he's walking around the side of it yeah but yeah Daniel, there's so much oil so much oil <laughs> yeah nowhere to put it yet yeah it's it's intense i i wondered how they would film this safely because it doesn't cut and he's just throwing fucking mud on his face and i'm just like i feel like this would be terrible to film especially being with daniel day lewis like he said cut two minutes ago daniel day lewis not playing for you i'm talking to daniel day lewis there is no day lewis here oh god oh god oh god his yeah yeah. his competitiveness obviously is like the main the main like thing with with Daniel Plainview, but like um, another moment where he just straight wastes a Sunday, a family member of the Sunday family, is when he's sitting with the dad, and the daughter Mary comes around, and he grabs Mary and he starts like you know being very like like um, 
uh, father like um, to her. And it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, your dad never doesn't beat you anymore, right? Doesn't beat you at all. He better not. In front of the man who beats her, like sitting right across, basically just saying, like, yeah, fuck you, dude. Like, you, like, come on. Yeah, I think that's another one of those camera reveals from a character moving, and then we see that he's there the entire time. Mm-hmm. So, oh, shit. Yeah, he's like just <laughs> oh, sitting shit. right across from him. Because uh, at first, I wonder, like, why is she, why isn't she just saying yes? I mean, it's not like he's right there. Oh, my God, he is right there. <laughs> and then, yeah, after Dan gets slapped, or Eli gets slapped, I like how, once again, Eli asserts his dominance in his certain domains because he's in charge of the household, actually. And then he, at the dinner table, is covered in mud, and he calls his father stupid for basically agreeing to this deal with Daniel. And he jumps across the table and almost does the same thing that Daniel did to him and just slapping his father. Like, you stupid man! You're a stupid man! Well, that's why, that's what I'm talking about when it comes to similarities between Eli and and daniel like because when shit doesn't go right for daniel generally that doesn't really happen in this movie. i mean it definitely does happen in this movie but not you know not quite often but like this is a moment for eli when he's like he's defeated like he that is a very defeated moment i mean he gets the shit kicked out of him and oil gets like fucking <laughs> mudded up and everything like that and he's just he's down on himself and just like how whenever daniel plainview is down on himself he is gonna take it out on anybody around him that's just daniel plainview's way of life and that is also eli's way of life and when he does do that to his dad and he he thinks none of it is his fault none none of it at all none of it is eli's fault at all it's his stupid brother who he must really fucking hate his brother <laughs> by the way like like really hate his brother i don't think there was any any sibling love there yeah, there was no uh, Twitch's power between those twins here. No, this no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, and then I think um, at this point, Henry comes into the movie, and Sky claims to be Daniel's brother, mm-hmm. which, and this is after HW's already deaf, and yeah, this is pretty wild. He he's claims to be his brother and from another mother, and knows his sister's name and where they grew up. Mm. And he's then, very convincing. Yeah, he's very good. And I know this fucking guy only from one other movie I loved growing up. The Mummy Returns. Wait, have you seen it? Mummy? I've definitely fucking seen The Mummies. How many times? Not as much as you, obviously. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> he's Benny. Ben- Benny? is. Fr- oh, that's definitely the first one. This is definitely the first movie because... That would make sense because he sees him at the war and he's like, Benny, you bastard. This is crazy. You remember Benny? You're not a real mummy fan, bro. You got I never t- claimed to be. <laughs> I never claimed to be. Henry comes in the movie uh, played by Kevin J. O'Connor. And yeah, he, he looks a lot like Daniel, too. I could definitely see if he was related to him by blood. And... You know, <laughs> I like when, uh, oh, wait, I forgot that comes, that comes later. Um, but this is when you get, I have a competition in me. I want no one else to succeed. I hate most people. There are times when I 
I look at people and I see nothing worth liking. I want to earn enough money I can get away from everyone. Yeah, he, this is this is such an eye-opening thing because Daniel hates people. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like them. He thinks they're all below him, and he all he wants to do is just get enough money so he can get away. Which is funny because, I mean, he could probably do that by now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess maybe he wants a little bit more money. But yeah. he's gonna get a lot more money. Um, I mean, because the wells are gonna keep pumping, so he could do this now. This is about more. This is about continuing. Yeah. Because he's happy that he has a brother, because um, he says that he wants someone to share this with, that he doesn't really want to do this on his own anymore, which is funny, because I feel like he's now is excluding who's in the shed, uh, or shed, the house, I don't know. It is kind of a shed. Shack. I mean, I get Shack. Shack. Shack's good. Yeah. 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 HW is probably like a sleep um one that's outside on the porch and i guess yeah at this point he doesn't really uh consider hw as his pseudo son anymore because he can't hear and he can't communicate with him he's more of a burden for him than he is um before because instead of this like cute kid who can just stand there i mean could but now he can't even talk i mean can talk but i mean it hear. was really it kind of goes back it makes you feel like we already kind of, you know, talked about, you know, when he stopped loving HW, but like, it's hard to believe that he, like, he did stop loving HW because, like, he, he had him as a, as a business partner. And you can really feel that, like, you know, he wanted to teach him the game. Like, he wanted to teach him, oil. <laughs> like, he wanted to teach him how to run businesses and shit like that and be his partner. And, yeah, just like it brings it back to like, you know, once all the shit hit the fan, like it's that was all it was all gone. And then he's the loneliest man that you ever knew. Um, yeah. And like a lot of this is just Kevin J. O'Connor just sitting there listening to Daniel and his slow speech, his interesting looks. I mean, it's an incredible monologue. Mm-hmm. Uh, such a revealing uh monologue as well and <laughs> later <laughs> hw just sets fire to <laughs> the uh, fucking yep. shack which why do you think he what do you think that was about he can read and he read that diary and i don't know maybe he it, there's anger there so i don't know if he burnt it down just because of how angry he was or he read the diary and was like, yo, this dude ain't who he says he is. <laughs> I'm going to burn him. But no, I don't think that happened either. So I don't know. I like when he, when he runs outside and then he just turns and looks at Daniel. And then Daniel fucking Day Lewis is running really fucking quick, actually, after him. <laughs> it's pretty funny. I'm like, oh, wow, he can he can run oh, yeah. um, with his supposedly messed up leg. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, when he finds out. Because he thinks, oh, yeah, I got my brother. It's so nice. So cool. He even takes me to go see Standard Oil, which does not go well. No, Because Standard Oil keeps meshing his fucking son. (laughs) He's like, Daniel, you have no, uh, you have no pipeline. I mean, where are you going to put all this oil even if you can get it out? 
you know, we can buy this off you. You'll be a millionaire. It's like, I don't want that. I don't want that at all. <laughs> Look, Daniel, if you do this, you can get close to your son. I will cut your throat and bury <laughs> you and your family. You fuck. Uh, he, he, that guy, that that's guy exactly. That's 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 exactly how it goes. That's one hundred percent exactly what happens. <laughs> and dude, when when Daniel finds out that he has betrayed. Oh boy, by his brother. Oh, it's not his brother. His brother's not his brother because he mentioned something about the peach, peach tree, tree dance. dance. The yeah. peach tree dance. That's like fucking turning point. That's when you know this fucker ain't who he says he is. He <laughs> don't know the peach tree dance. Even I know the peach tree dance. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happened that moment. He just just was forgetting something. I'm like, dude, you're slipping. You're slipping. You gotta be like, yes, yes, yes. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. And I don't know. He just doesn't. And he's they're on the beach together. And then yeah, he he just gives him this look. Like, wait, what? And then he looks forward, and then you see on his face that he's you no. Know, it's it, the wheels are turning. <laughs> so he's not his brother. And then he looks at him with such like betrayal mm-hmm. and sadness and disgust and there is a shot when they're still both sitting there where they both look the same they're both like their uh knees are up and their arms are on their knees and henry's in darkness and daniel's in the light and it's so cool how the composition i was like oh the composition oh <laughs> And Daniel goes away, and it's just Henry on the beach. And then you see Daniel in the water, just looking back at him. And then uh, Henry's with some girls later, and he's like, I need some money. I need some money, man. Oh, thanks, thanks, thanks. And this fucking guy, (laughs) Daniel comes in the sleep. Man, if everyone puts a gun to your face when you're sleeping, that's me just admit the truth. Well, I mean, I guess he died anyway. <laughs> he died. No, he died. Yeah, he, there was no saving him at that point. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was done. It was done very tastefully. It was done very tastefully. Yeah. Um, Henry tells Daniel the truth. He died of tuberculosis. He wasn't harmed. He wasn't killed. Nothing bad. But he told me about you. I just took his story, used his diary. Daniel, Daniel, I'm your friend. It was a good plan. It's hey, it's like night early 1900s. No one, you can't figure this out. Like, there's no Twitter. <laughs> you can't go online and just be like, wait a second, that's not the Facebook profile picture I remember. Or uh, that looks like you. Yeah, he gets fucked. No, he, he gets fucked. Um, which leads us to Bandy finding him the day after he kills Henry. And Bandy's this old motherfucker who looks a lot like the dude in Quentin Tarantino movie. <laughs> He does. But let's not forget when Daniel's reading the actual book diary from his brother and you see him crying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like you see him emotional. And I, <laughs> what I was going to ask you, what do you think he is sad? 
because he actually had a brother and then he was lied to? Or is he sad? Or I guess Andor. Is he sad that, um, I can't, I can't remember the or. Well, I guess that question, or did you have a different interpretation of that moment? No, I mean, I, I interpreted it like, uh, he read it and when he finds out that, I don't know, you know, now that, now you're making me like think about it more. <laughs> like, cause the way I, I, I had always interpreted it was just, you know, like he's crying because he did have a brother. And he didn't really get a chance to be with the brother. Like, you know, it's just like he he wanted blood, you know. I feel like he wanted blood around him. And he just didn't get a chance. And because he still has a sister, Annabelle, too. Fuck, wow. Wow, I didn't think about that. Yeah, he does still have a sister Mm. who's alive. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. Maybe because it's like a man thing, like a male broy. I mean, because this is definitely a, mm-hmm. uh, a male movie um, mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure, and it definitely seems like a man's man. Damn, point of view. Yeah. Well, oh, I mean, at the women. time, I mean, how many fucking women were around? Like, you know, at the time, drilling for oil. <laughs> like, not, not many. Well, I mean, like the that's true. No, that's <laughs> what I mean. Like, it is definitely unless you have your wife with you yeah. or a woman in a town or a brothel. Um, I think it's, it's so interesting that like the only thing he cares about is blood. And that's why with HW, it seems that he may be made an exception to him not being his actual blood. Cause later I mean, we, we talk about later, but uh, when he just, is like dissing HW and he says like, well, you're not even my blood anyway. So, mm-hmm. and like, that seems to be the only thing he cares about. Like he only, cause to me, I think he only cares about Henry cause he is his blood. But as soon as he figures out, he's not, he yeah, doesn't care about him that's at all. It. Yeah. No, it's, he want like, I really feel that, you know, he's a, f- you know, he says in the beginning, he's a family man. <laughs> he's a family man. <laughs> <laughs> and that's so great i mean using yeah using hw as a fucking cover for your bullshit because it's not like i'm not just a salesman mm-hmm. i'm a salesman with my own family i'm trying to take care of i'm just like you mm-hmm. i'm hustling you're living mm-hmm. i'm helping you family is the most important just like god you know just like those celebrities and Sports uh, people and actors who are just like, yeah, I really like to thank God. I mean, it doesn't mean it's not real, but also it's like, look, look. <laughs> did God help you win this? I don't know. Because the other team maybe also believed in God. <laughs> so <laughs> did God help them lose? I mean, I don't know. What, what are we doing here? I don't know. I don't think God really cares about the Knicks. Um, that's all I'm saying. But, um, <laughs> but, but, uh, Band- but then, but now, yeah, now we're at Bandy, the guy who looks like Quentin Tarantino, the, the guy who looks like the dude is in Quentin Tarantino movies a lot, and he shows up, and of course, he's a member of the Third Revelation, uh, a pristine member, <laughs> I know an we established were member. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Third Reich for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> of course he's a member of the Third Reich. Of course saw his man's clan. a member of the Third Reich. He saw his uh, swastika on the way out. Like, wait, <laughs> but this is way before this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not as a Buddhist. No, but of the course, no, thing. but of course this motherfucker is a you know follower of Eli. And um, 
he makes he makes a a, a deal, uh, which is something that Dan- Daniel Plainview agrees upon, and that is that Daniel has to become a member of the church and get baptized. And little did we all know this uh, ends up being one of the fucking greatest scenes in the movie. Yeah, and but also I like how I mean one he just killed this guy, uh, yeah. knowingly the first people person that we think he easily killed, and then he just he's well. drunk and he woke up and then this is happening, and then I love how he offers him money, like okay I'll give you three thousand dollars, <laughs> and then he keeps talking. William keeps talking, and then he says, "I give you five thousand dollars," because he just does not want to do this. Yeah, like he doesn't, he doesn't want to get baptized. Do a, yeah, yeah, he doesn't want to. He doesn't want admit, to go fucking your Eli. Admit his truth. Yeah, because this is like we haven't actually seen Eli in a bit, you know. <laughs> so this has been just Daniel's reign. But yeah, Daniel has to go to Eli's house, like you said. This, yeah, one of the most incredible scenes. <laughs> it's it's such a funny moment when Eli is saying, like, we have a new member. I'll ask it again. Is there a sinner here looking for God? Yes. Eli uses every bit of his power to fucking embarrass mm-hmm. and dominate the man who fucking embarrassed his, who has embarrassed him this entire film. Um and it's it's great. It's great seeing Daniel oh, taking my. down a pig. No, it's Oh, all right, you know what? I don't know if I agree with that cuz I'm totally on Daniel's. I'm fucking I'm a Daniel. I'm team Daniel and I've always been team Daniel uh over Eli at least. <laughs> but so this so this part hurts a little bit to watch. This scene hurts a little bit to watch. Justice for HW. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this this part does hurt a little bit to watch, but Oh, oh my yeah. god, it's so fucking good. Like it's like how is Daniel Day-Lewis like this good? But he's so good in this scene, him and Paul Dano. And my favorite part of the whole scene, I'm pretty sure, you know, a lot of people's favorite part is when you see the difference between him being, you know, very emotional and it's a very honest scene with with Daniel talking about how he abandoned his child and he has to scream it. Just over and over and over again until you can literally just feel him breaking every time he screams. You've lusted after women and you have abandoned your child. Your child that you raised, you have abandoned all because he was sick and you have sinned. So say it now. I am a sinner. I'm a sinner. Say it louder. I am a sinner. I'm a sinner. Louder, Daniel. I am a sinner. I am a sinner. I am sorry, Lord. I am sorry, Lord. I want the blood. I want the blood. You have abandoned your child. I've abandoned my child. I will never backslide. I will never backslide. I was lost, but now I am found. I was lost, but now I'm found. I have abandoned my child. Say it. Say it. I abandoned my child. Say it louder. Say it louder. I've abandoned my child! I've abandoned my child! I've abandoned my boy! But then there's also, there's a part, like, after that, where it it just becomes play to him. Like, it just becomes, like, what what the fuck ever. Like, he, 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 he comes to terms with the fact that he abandoned his child. He comes to terms with everything. And at this point, I think this is when you actually see, 
Like this is Daniel Plainview through and through from the like the ending Daniel Plainview. This is where he comes in, in my opinion. I think this is it. Like this scene is the last version of Daniel Plainview we see because it's all about, you know, whatever at this point. Like my favorite part of the scene though is when Paul Dano, like Eli is there smacking him and saying, like, oh, there's like, oh, there you are, God, there you are, da da da, there you are. And and Daniel's just like, he's just getting smacked and everything. He's smiling and laughing. He's like, there's a pipeline. <laughs> there's a pipeline. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, it's it's just incredible. And then you have the cross because it's uh, the church is like renovated now. And mm. it's very bright. There's a cross behind him <laughs> glowing in white light. Yeah. And of course, uh, Daniel's kneeling as... Uh, now Paul or Eli, Eli. sorry, Paul okay. Dano. <laughs> Eli <laughs> is towering above him, but you know he's slapping him. <laughs> Give me the blood, Eli. Give me the blood. Give me the blood. <laughs> Give me the blood. Ah, <laughs> uh. well, yeah, like you said, yeah, the everything he say says is kind of bullshit. Um, until he has to like admit that he abandoned his child because that's like you know the only thing he cares about. Like he's mm-hmm. very good at just saying what he needs to say to get by um, to fool people. But that does hint, of course, that he did care about him because if it wasn't real, his love for HW, when he says, like, I've been my child, that wouldn't hold any water. If mm-hmm. It's not just that he was just this uh, thing that he could sell and buy stuff with. Like, he did care of him at some point or mm-hmm. him saying, I've abandoned my child. Sure. I abandoned my child. It's not. It's not serious. Like I abandoned my child. Mm-hmm. I when he he's shaking. Yeah, it's probably sound like a fucking broken record at this point. But like, I'm just. I just keep on thinking, and it's just. It's. It's just. It's such a fucking good movie. I can't. Like, I can't even. I can't handle some of these scenes where all I think about is just like how it's so good. Do you think that this is the? Let me say the love figure movie of all time. Is this the? F- favorite of yours drama of this century no comment but yes <laughs> oh it is mm-hmm. damn okay so all right dude honestly Shit. i can't i i just you know what is yours figure out that next week <laughs> yeah <laughs> it might be next week's or could be another um it's not this one, but this is very good, and it's it is it's it's getting up there. Um, yeah, and then eventually, like we said, HW comes back, and I like when he, yep. he slaps him. Like everyone's getting slapped in this movie, and um, he gets his pipeline, and then uh, he uh, HW marries Mary, yes. and she does learn sign language, which I assume so Daniel cute. did not. It's so cute because Daniel's a well, you definitely don't even have to assume that. He definitely didn't. <laughs> he definitely yeah. did not did not learn sign language. Yeah. Communicate. Well, why would you want to communicate with your deaf son? Of but course. This is, I mean, but this next scene really does break me. Like, it breaks me in half. Yeah, but and before we even get there, Paul, uh, god damn, Eli gets the money. Um, like, the money is like $5,000 for the new church. But then we see, um, before we jump in time, that... Eli is going on a quote mission trip mm-hmm. 
And it looks like he needs some money for that, so he maybe didn't actually take that money and put it in the church because he's a sniveling little weasel. But yeah, now we're older, and Daniel is just shooting a gun in this big-ass mansion house. (laughs) And he looks crazy. He's drunk, he's washed up, he's rich, but he got what he wanted. (laughs) No, it's this is bad. This is, I'm gonna, I'm gonna... I might tear up here. I might tear up here for a second. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Uh, yeah. Because you think you can't get any lower. No, nah, yeah. <laughs> but nope. Uh, um, Eli. God, fucking. <laughs> <laughs> so many characters. Uh, so many movies. It's funny because there like, aren't any. <laughs> there aren't a lot of characters. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking of. I was just. <laughs> So this, I've been watching so much stuff. My you've been watching is, too much dark. That's what the fuck that, it is. You've been watching true. the best fucking. The, oh my god, tied with the number one best show of all time, uh, with so many characters that your your mind is only uh, thinking about that now. Keeping track. <laughs> um, HW now an adult goes to see Daniel, and he wants to say that he's moving out, mm-hmm. going to Mexico. With his wife, he's going to start his own business. And Daniel is not about that life. Not happy about it. Not happy about it at all. Because, you see, this makes H.W. his competitor. No, Dad. (laughs) I'm your son. I'm still your son. Like, no, 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 no. And that's, I mean, he, he really can't see him. As anything else but the competitor when he decides mm. to go out on his own, which you know makes sense, but his line will be done with his company because he has mm. no other kids and no woman. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> but yeah, but parents do sometimes want their kids to make their and do their own thing, and he's not one of those parents. He's not one of those. I'll play that watch. He's also not really a nice parent, um, considering that. Upon hearing this news uh, that he is the competitor, he f- he further on just just shames HW to a such a sad degree. Like so he just he just basically takes all the years that he ever even had with HW, all the good times, and just shits on them. <laughs> and you know, uh, the line does come. Out as uh, how HW says, you know, like I'm, you know, I'm your son. I want, I want to have you as a father, not as a business partner, and more as a father. It's so hard. It's so heartfelt. Like it's so heartfelt. Like Daniel doesn't even fucking deserve HW for how good HW is to Daniel in this moment. Orphan from a basket in the middle of the desert. I took you for no other reason than I needed a sweet face to buy land. Did you get that? So now you know. Look at me. You're lower than a bastard. Luckily, uh, when he when HW leaves the room, um, Daniel just keeps on fucking yelling the same damn thing, a bastard from a basket. But in my opinion, I mean, HW can't even hear that shit. So he won. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like HW, you know, he leaves. I, what I imagine happens next is HW leaves. He makes his own company. 
he succeeds probably even fucking better than Daniel and Daniel is fucking he's he's out gone you, you said everything yeah I love the line do you agree killing- though <laughs> oh yeah well maybe I don't know because Daniel's ambition I don't know if, like the better than him because I think Daniel's ambition is unmatched because he's willing to do anything it's it's almost like the person like I can I will That's always true. beat you because I have no rules. He's the Joker and then he's Batman. Um, but I, I think everything else is true. Um, I love the line when he says, "You're killing the image of you in my mind," mm. which is mm-hmm. uh, a terrible thing to say. No. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's a great scene how it's set up, and eventually he says, "I keep you as my father and my partner." Then say it. You've got something to say to me, then say it. I'd like to hear you speak instead of your little dog. Woof, 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 woof. I'm going to Mexico with my wife. I'm going away from you. That wasn't so hard, was it? And uh, and then we have the scene, the last scene, the, the part of the movie where some people think it goes a little down. Roger Ebert. Fuck thought that. that this <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck that guy. <laughs> I mean, no, uh, honestly, I mean, no, dude, fuck that, fuck that. I'm not, ash- I'm not, I'm not afraid to say it. Like, he's uh, not the only one. He's not the only one. But uh, I don't agree myself. But it is a wild, strange, weird ass conclusion. Um, but yeah, we're in a, that bowling alley scene, <laughs> and then this man's just drunk passed out in the bowl his personal bowling alley an actual question here though and then i've 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 honestly wanted to know another person's opinion on it is is he fucking chugging straight liquor or is that water like i need to know i oh man i always thought it was um liquor myself straight yeah, liquor. i always thought it was liquor but like I don't I know. I mean, is, is, is he that much of a beast? Like, I mean, he, there's no flinching. There's nothing. It looks this like man a moonshine is, jar to me. This man. I mean, well, who knows? He's rich. I mean, people. I've, I've, like, I've, I bet rich people carry water in like those type of fucking bottles back then. Who I knows? definitely think he's doing moonshine. <laughs> I mean, he was passed out drunk, and he, no one could, no one could wake him up before <laughs> in that scene when HW's deaf, and no one could wake him up now. I definitely think he was uh, just drinking moonshine and steak no oh, i mean <laughs> he was drunk, no, obviously steak. he was drunk as shit but like like what i don't know it's just he chugged it so easily i, I mean i mean unless, this dude's you know, definitely an alcoholic at leave, this point. i mean i i don't care how much of a fucking alcoholic you are <laughs> you chugging a fucking bottle of vodka like that or <laughs> fucking moonshine moonshine even fucking crazier there there's something there's some flinch there's there, there is something there like he does not stop it, it, it is just continuous he is not human he <laughs> might be the devil incarnate for all we know uh <laughs> but yeah uh eli is back he's back and he's ready to get killed um yeah yes, it, he, is. He, he just wants some money well it's funny because he claims that he's doing fine just fine which obviously wouldn't be true because he wouldn't be here at this moment talking to daniel who he says my old friend my old friend (laughs) there's like the lord failed to alert me of the economical state of the world right now (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've done and then I don't what do you think he's done that he is ashamed of? Oh, probably just the normal shit slept with women. Uh that's what bet, I was thinking. Gambled. Yeah. He has nothing left. Mm-hmm. So all he has now is his the veneer of his pastor uh his pastor persona and now he's just coming back so one person he knows who knows him that i don't know why he thinks daniel would give him money which it's very weird but i guess that's how desperate he is he's so desperate i'm like i have to go to daniel fucking plainview mm-hmm. but he does have that plan for to to get the rest yeah, well, of the yeah oil. like he really thought that that was gonna work like, he didn't just go there just like, uh, Daniel will give me hands. money. Yeah, like, it's like, Daniel, like, has to give me fucking money because I have this deal that he can't turn down. But, that, yeah, but, but sadly, <laughs> the oil is not underneath the pandy place like he hopes it is. And mm-hmm. do you want to know yep, why? Uh, uh, why? Drainage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, before we before we get to drainage, we got more in the scene because we find out that well, you were not the chosen brother, Eli. It was Paul who was chosen. Yes, yes, he found me and he told me about your land. You're just a fool. <laughs> but yes, he tells him that Paul's been successful. He has all these. Uh, he has like three or more wells that are doing fine himself, and he actually invested. And he's smart, and <laughs> he's a really dumb motherfucker. But to get money, because he, he, because Daniel asks him to admit something that he is a false prophet and God is a superstition, and he won't do it at first. But then he realizes, oh shit. I got nothing. I am a false prophet. God is a superstition. Eli, stop. Just imagine this is your church here, and uh, you have a full congregation, so. I am a false prophet. God is a superstition. Say it again. I am. A false prophet, God is a superstition. I can't hear you at the back. I am a false prophet, God is a superstition. And then he says... Those areas that. have been drilled. Yes, it's uh, it's called drainage, Eli. See, I own everything around it, so of course uh, I get what's underneath it. But there are no derricks there. This is uh, the bandy track. Do you understand? Do you understand, Eli? That's more to the point. Do you understand? I drink your water. I drink it up. Every day, I drink the blood of lamb from Bandish Tract. Yup. He's like, what? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because, as you alluded, he likes a milkshake. You would take this, please, Daniel. Drain it. So sorry. If if you have a milkshake, and I have a milkshake, and I have a straw, there it is. That's a straw, you see. Watch it. 
my straw reaches across the room and starts to drink your milkshake. I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. And then he takes Eli and he throws this man across the bowling alley. It's like, oh shit! Okay, okay, he's gonna beat him up again. But this is this seems like he's coming after him this time. This isn't playful. Get down, you piece of shit! Yeah, and then he just fucking he's he coming after throwing him. pins. Like, <laughs> stop it, Daniel! Stop it! I am your friend. We're friends. I am the third revelation. <laughs> I am the third revelation. I told you I would eat you. We're family. I told you I would eat you up. We're brothers. We're, we're brothers. We're- yeah, I mean, he's insane. Like he, Daniel Day Lewis is oh, yeah. drooling at the mouth. Mouth. He's like running around. It's he's crazy. I mean, it's off the wall, but I fucking love it. I think it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, he's secluded, drunk, and this is years later where he doesn't talk to anyone probably except for a few people. Uh, he's I, fucking <laughs> secluded. He was shooting his own furniture in the hallway, bro. This motherfucker. Yeah. I could easily see him doing what he does. Yeah. If, <laughs> if this was Star Wars, he'd be shooting womp rats. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, then he throws Throws uh, all these bowling balls at Eli, and then he throws these pins, and then he hits him in the head, <laughs> and then he continues hitting him in the head, <laughs> and he beats him up, <laughs> and he kills him. He cracks his skull, and he's bleeding everywhere. And then that butler comes down, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Mister Plainview, sir, I'm finished." <laughs> And then we get the title. There will be blood on screen. It's so good. It is a masterpiece. It's so good. It's a true, before, true masterpiece. Real quick, I wanted to mention a scene that is so amazing. Uh, this is this is uh, when with Standard Oil guys, um, HW's back. I, I just because it's one of my favorite lines in the entire movie is here, and one of my favorite scenes. Um, yeah, this is when uh, HW Daniel they're getting lunch. Like, can we get steaks? Vodka or whiskey, and then uh, something for the boy. Goat's milk milk for the boy. Goat's milk, yeah. And the Standard Oil guys come in, and we just we see them, but most of the camera's on Daniel, looking at them in disgust the whole time, and it's pretty amazing. And uh, and Daniel eventually puts over, puts a... uh, like his napkin over his face <laughs> and pretends to be one of the standard oil guys. <laughs> and he's talking so loud. So he uh, knows like, that so those standard oil f- offered me a million dollars for the, for the pipeline. <laughs> yeah. Cause he already, now this is when he got his pipeline now. So he doesn't give a fuck about what they have to say anymore. <laughs> and he can't let it fucking go. He goes over to the fucking table <laughs> and he says, you see that? You see that? My son over there? Yes, I do. Look at my son. I'm looking at your son. I told you not to tell me how to raise my family. Daniel. So what do you see? I'm very happy for you. That yes, I made a deal with Union. My son is happy. He's safe. Congratulations. I'm taking care of him now, so... Excellent. You look like a fool, don't you, Dilford? No. 
Yes. And he's just invading their space, and it's, oh, it's hilarious. I can imagine being the actor. <laughs> well, did, Tilford, Tilford, did you know that Tilford was supposed to be Philip Seymour Hoffman? Yes. Yeah, <clears throat> I saw that. And yeah, well, because this is the only movie. Bef- this is the only movie. Um, you know, before, before his death. Yeah, before before Philip Seymour Hoffman unfortunately passed away. That legend, still still a legend. Um, yeah, that was the only movie that he wasn't in. Yeah, I, if you wanted to shed his past away and his past people, let me do something new. And also, Philip Seymour Hoffman was filming Synecdoche in New York at the time, so it wouldn't have happened anyway. Yep. But very interesting that he never, well, not never worked with him again. He had the master, but didn't. None of his usual players showed up in this movie. It really was like a, all right, let me try something new. Yeah. And new. yeah. Uh, this movie's incredible. Uh, I guess we can go on the final thoughts. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, as you know, it's my 11th favorite movie of all time. I think that it's a fucking ferocious tale of greed and the best one I've honestly probably ever seen. The performance by Daniel Day-Lewis will go down as one of the greatest performances in history, in my opinion. And PTA as you do know, is one of my favorite directors. So I generally all around love everything about this movie from Robert Ellswitz's cinematography, Johnny Greenwood's score, fucking Paul Thomas Anderson's writing and directing, and Daniel Day-Lewis, Paul Dano, even Dylan Fraser as as H.W. and Sierra. He was not an actor. No, he was not. No, he was not. He was just an elementary school kid who just happened to... uh, his mom, no, his mom was a police officer. Police officer pulled over the casting director for There Will Be Blood. And from that point on, it's history. There's obviously a lot more to that story, but it goes a long time. So I'm not even going to say, it. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, that's my, that's my final thoughts on the masterpiece that is There Will Be Blood. It's my favorite Paul Thomas Anderson movie and always will be. Honestly, I, I believe so at this point. This is my second favorite behind boogie nights i just i was wondering this next time it would get higher i still do enjoy boogie nights more like tarantino and uh (laughs) yeah um i echo everything you've said it's a fantastic movie about how greed can corrupt us all and especially if that's the only thing that you want and care about, then, I mean, maybe you'll get it. You're completely ruthless, but you end up alone, which I guess is what Daniel wanted. Um, but that's not a way to live. And especially when you don't want to let people in and using people's wrong. And yeah, I think what it has to say about all the things we discussed and particularly how it uses Eli as a conduit for the poisoning, I guess, of religion or in how you can use religion, especially because he's admitting this at the end of the movie. You could say, oh, yeah, desperation. I'll say what I need to say. But I would say a man of God would not, even in his lowest moment, say that God is a superstition and I am a false prophet, like he says many, many times. So just for my yeah. So I believe that he never believed the stuff he does, and if he did, it was some bastardization of religion, I guess, for him. And yeah, I think 
Yeah, like you said, uh, D'Angelo Lewis, one of the best performances of all time. Um, I mean, out of his three Oscar wins for this, My Left Foot, and Lincoln, I do think this is the best work he's done. Uh, Paul Dano, I think, no sla- uh, slouch either, brings a lot. And yeah, this is an incredible film. And I'm happy we talked about it. And oh, I'm incredibly glad we talked about this movie. I mean, this was so everybody knows. You know, there were there were films in this in this this month of drama that me and Indigo picked, and they had to be in there. And this was mine, and Indigo was was uh, Boogie Nights, and the last one that we are going to be doing next week is a mutual absolute favorite. Yes, and this is those were our thoughts on There Will Be Blood and our thoughts on next week's movie, a movie that once again, bringing up Tarantino, he agreed with me. He thought that this was the best movie of the decade. This movie was defeated at the Academy Awards by the King's Speech along with many other better, more uh uh, memorable films that people actually talk about even two years afterwards. This is a movie that changed how I look at films and how, and maybe is my favorite film of all time, of all <laughs> time. Maybe we will see together next week when we discuss there is no tease, there's just a setup. Dun, dun, dun. We're talking about the social network. That's right. David Fincher, Aaron Sorkin, motherfuckers. They came together and they had a baby, a creation. The movie makes me crazy. And for all you people who, for anyone who listens to the end, who is awesome to listen to the next week's episode, know this. People who supposedly hear me talk about the social network, uh, um, you only hear me say, it's like a joke now for a lot of people who know me personally. You only hear me say, yeah, it's the best movie of the decade and one of the best movies ever made. And it's so great. But you never hear my specific reasons. So before you say, oh, he's going to talk about the social network again, you go fuck yourself. Because I haven't <laughs> talked about the social network. But we will. Take take 12 steps backwards and literally and fuck your, fuck own, your face. own face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes so that is going to be next week's episode it's going to be big i oh man it's 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 crazy i'm so excited to film to a lot 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 of lot of thoughts of course and with that uh john where can the people follow you you can follow me on letterboxd at johnny octagon 99 and you can also follow me on Letterboxd at Indegro45. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, loving the social network at Indegro McLeod. And you can follow the show at Can't John Rapod on Instagram and Twitter and our Facebook page. Like it. Follow it. You can't handle the genre, the full title. And with that, we hope you have a great rest of your week. Watch the social network, which I'm pretty sure is on Netflix. And we will see you on Harvard's campus in 2003 next week.